Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Many Happy Miles, a podcast that celebrates all types of forward movement. Whether it's a Peloton workout with Ali Love or some burpees in your backyard, we're here to say yay to all of it and bring on guests to inspire you to move with joy. I am Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner, and today I'm riding solo on the mic. But not really, because I've got three special guests and friends of mine. These ladies are my adventure buddies. Together, we've hiked rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, half dome in Yosemite, and 21 miles of the Superior Hiking Trail in the Grand Traverse event in Duluth, Minnesota. And today, we are going to talk about our latest adventure. In late July, we hiked the Enchantments, which was our biggest, most epic hike yet. The Enchantments is in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness in the Central Cascades near Leavenworth, Washington, and it is truly an alpine wonderland, a string of turquoise lakes, snow-capped peaks, granite-worn smooth-by glaciers, and so many waterfalls I lost count. The hike we did is a point-to-point that's about 19 miles long with over 5,000 feet of climbing and 7,000 feet of descent. We'll get to that part shortly. But let's start with introducing our guests. The St. Paul, Minnesota-based J-Team has grown. So in addition to Jessica Johnston and Joanne Bearway, we've added Holly Dreisbach. So it's kind of the J, the soft J team now. (laughs) Um, So I'll have them introduce themselves. So ladies, please tell us where you live, even though I just covered that, what you do and how many kids you have. So Jess, why don't you start? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Johnston. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I am 54 years old. I work (laughs) as a legislative policy aide for the St. Paul City Council and still consult on the side for my media buying business. And I have three grown children. I have uh, Ryan's 27, Jack is 24, and KJ is 22. Yeah. All right. Holly, you're up next. So I'm Holly Dreisbach. I also live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I teach special education, uh, deaf and hard of hearing. And tomorrow I start back from my summer, which has been fabulous. I also have three children. I have Gabriel, who is 27, Simon, who's 24, and Eli, who's 20. 20. Yeah. 20. Yes. And how old are you since we're since we're throwing out our ages? Yeah, Jess? sure, sure. Fifty one, <laughs> soon to be fifty two. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And Joe, not least but not last, last but not least. <laughs> uh, this is Joe uh, Joanne Verway. I am also from St. Paul, Minnesota. I am fifty five. Um, I'm a product manager for a healthcare company, and. We have two kids, two boys or young men, uh, 24 year old Ian and Colin is 21. I kind of still feel like you can call them boys. I, I yeah. feel like there'll yeah. always be boys in my heart. <laughs> I know. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So Joe, do you remember how we got the idea to do the enchantments? Uh, I vaguely recall that we had just finished the Grand Traverse. We were sitting at our cabin, I think, and 
we were looking for the next adventure. Um, and this was in the back of your mind. You might have I had done a little research beforehand, but you kind of dropped the bomb on us right after the Grand Traverse, I think. <laughs> Does that sound right? <laughs> when we I were mean, vulnerable <laughs> to tired. wanting to find the next thing. Tired and wanting a next adventure. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I mean, there was this site called Earth Trekkers, which I'll yeah. link to in the show notes. They have the thing called like the 10 best like day hikes in the U.S. and in the world. And, um, and the enchantments, they do a really good job of laying out the, the hikes and what you need and, and all those kinds of things. So that's, I think, kind of where I originally heard about it. So, so when you heard about it, Holly, were you all in? Because um, you joined our team with the Grand Traverse, which was, like we said, 21 miles in Duluth, where we had a slight detour, but we, but we, made, it, we made it home. Like, what, what did it sound like to you, to the, the enchantments? I thought it sounded amazing, actually. And I was all in until about two weeks before we actually had to leave. Then I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but yes, no, it, it looked amazing. And I really did um, purposefully not dig in too deeply till right before we were leaving because I was like, I don't want to be too stressed or scared or nervous, you know, so I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to keep training and moving forward. And then as the two weeks started to approach, I was like, you know, maybe I should kind of know what I'm getting into here. <laughs> and that's when all the wheels started turning. <laughs> well, so Jess, t- talk a little bit about our training and what we did. First of all, I'm going to just backtrack and say I was like all in, like, you you know me, like the minute you say it, I'm like in. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. do it. Um, the training was, I think what also was interesting about the enchantments is it was comparable in terms of training. I think we read somewhere to like rim to rim and half dome. So we sort of knew what the cycle of training was probably going to be, even though this was going to be more, it was more elevation. It was more descent by far. So it was a lot of ski hills. Again, I'd say Highland Hills and Bloomington got their fair share of our faces and feet Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. doing a lot of hills there. We incorporated- when talk about like when when you do hills, like what does that look like? Are you just climbing up and going to the top and coming straight down? Like yeah, I found like because this training was a little bit more intense. I would say it felt a little bit more intense. I had to find. I had to get into a headspace when I went to Highland Hills and say, okay, how am I going to get past? We would we would train together as much as we can, but if we were solo because yeah. of schedules, I would have to have a routine in my head. So I would start at the base of one of the steepest ski hills and I would go up and down for the first hour. And I would just say, I'm going to get as many in as I can. And then I found that once you got to the top, Highland Hills has a ton of other trails you can roam. And so then I would take the next hour and go find a bathroom (laughs) and then come back because that timing was pretty good. And then I would end up again on a ski hill. So like that would be a good three hour training cycle would be just, I in my head had to do it that way. Yeah. Because it just split up some of the, the hill climb. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Joe, you are a big proponent of strength. Um, and you have a great class uh, called I don't well, I always call it Lisa Bain House of Pain. Is that is that right? <laughs> well, it's actually her official business is uh, Flex Appeal in St. Paul, a uh, okay. boutique studio, but we do call it Lisa Hain House of Pain. Oh, Lisa Hain, not Lisa Bain. Sorry, Lisa, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge proponent of strength training. We go three times a week. Her class is fantastic, and I think I would attribute that class and that regular schedule of strength training to really what made it, I mean, what made it possible and what's made all our adventures possible. I would say in the last few years, I've really ratcheted up the strength training and it's made a huge difference. 
Yeah. And her class is not like, you know, go do a couple of squats and crunches and call it good. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. You never quite know what you're going to get. Um, it could be anything from, you know, heavy lifting with barbells or dumbbells. It could be box jumps, step ups. We could be carrying sandbags down the block, which we've done recently. Uh, kettlebell work. I mean, we never know. And I think that's what's, what's great about it is that even though you get a little nervous before you go into class, I think it's prepared us for all of our adventures. And I mean, just everyday life, especially as we're getting older, it's just, it's been so important to staying injury free. Agreed. Agreed. I'd like to piggyback on that too. Sorry to interrupt. You know, there were a lot of times where I was really using my arms on this hike. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, thank you, Lisa Hain. Thank you, Lisa Hain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Holly, I was going to ask you because you have, you mentioned at the beginning, you're a teacher, you start tomorrow. And um, Joe and Jess have more typical office jobs, I would say. So they can get to that six, was it a 6.30 class or a 6 a.m. class? I can't remember. 6 a.m., yeah. Yeah, but that's even too late. That's too, you can't do that with your schedule. So what did you do prior to school being out to keep your strength training up? Damn, I used a lot of your videos that you sent us. So because I could do it, it had more flexibility and I could do it right when I got home from school. Um, yeah. That's what I would do. I'd walk in the door, I'd take my dog for a quick walk, throw on my workout clothes, and I would follow your videos that you sent us until I got done with school and then I could join Lisa at a reasonable hour that worked for my schedule because I had all summer to do it. But now yeah. moving forward, what I'll do is I'll go to her nighttime class. So nice. she does have a couple times a week that I will throw into my schedule. Good, good. All right. So we've settled on our pike. We've trained um, and we get there. <laughs> so, um, so, so Jess, I mean, talk a little bit about, I mean, we, we read a, a lot of reviews, right? Kind of on the drive out there. It's about two and a half hours east of Seattle. We landed in Seattle and drove east. Um, so talk about kind of what you remember from hearing about the reviews and kind of how you were feeling about the day. Sure. I think the most, the, the, the couple of things that stand out the most in terms of before we actually did the hike and what we read was Asgard Pass, which is mm-hmm. probably the most difficult portion of the hike, which is a three-quarter mile stretch that covers 2,000 feet of elevation. And it kept saying over and over again, it took people about two hours. And I, so that, so we're all kind of focused on that. And then the other part was the slog out, you know, like a lot of the blogs would say, enjoy the Alpine lakes, enjoy them while you can. But when you get to the last, I don't remember if it was seven or 10 miles, but it's all pretty much a descent, which by the way, it wasn't. I remember us saying, (laughs) shouldn't this all be downhill and we're not (laughs) scrambling up any more boulders, but, but everyone sort of said, you know, keep your head down and just keep focused on getting out because it's a long day. It is a long day. So those are the two things that I think stood out the most to me in terms of what we were reading and kind of gearing up. Yeah. 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 Well, and my friend, Anne, who is a previous, she's the one um, that talked about cross-country skiing. She's been a guest on Many Happy Miles. So if you happen to be a longtime listener and remember that episode, Anne, I saw that she had recently done the enchantments on Facebook. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she did it about two weeks before we left. And so I was uh, messaging back and forth with her and she called it grueling. She's, and, and that was interesting. And I think she said, you know, I'm so glad I did it and I'm really don't ever need to do it again. And I feel like that's also a sentiment that we heard a lot in the reviews. Do, would you agree, Joe? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't do I mean, I wouldn't do it again only because there's so many other things that I'd want to do, but yeah. I would definitely recommend and I would recommend and encourage anyone else to do it. 
Yeah. Just be well prepared that it is a long slog of a, of a day. I mean, we <laughs> left it, well, we started hiking at 545 and didn't finish till, you know, <laughs> late at night. So, yeah. but I would, uh, I wouldn't, I don't feel the need to do it again. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you remember, Holly, about the beginning? Like, so we start out at 545. Yep. And <laughs> I, re- I remember feeling super excited and yeah. confident. I really did. I felt confident. I'm like, you know what? Today is going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to have the right mindset for this. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get out. <laughs> what yeah. I'm going to look like, I don't know, but I know I'm going to get out. So I just remember feeling super excited as the one thing that does stick in my head is our, our little bus ride. And grabbing on for, you know, dear life. But it was all good. Once we got there, I was like, okay, we're safe now. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that it, it just, uh, pure excitement is what I remember. Just being yeah, super yeah. excited about the day and making sure we had everything and we were gearing up. And yeah, yeah it was great. I was, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, our van driver, our shuttle driver. So it's a point to point hike. So you leave your car at the end and you get a shuttle up to the start. And our, and our van driver was, um, a local. So he knew the roads very well and they knew the gravel roads that were super rutted and, uh, basically like was passing people, um, on the roads <laughs> that it was, it was not something a mother would condone. Let's just say that. No. And I um, would say if you, uh, if you're prone to car sickness and you do this hike, you want to be in the front seat of that van because there was a, l- <laughs> a lot of bouncing around back there. Yeah. I sat up front and I chatted with him a little bit. I wasn't in the front front. I was in the, like, not the, I was in the first row of, of seats, but I chatted with him a little bit and he said that, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, the crowds around the enchantments are so big now because of Instagram and social media. Um, and so like they just are running, their shuttles are full every day, all day, you know, or not all day, they, they run two or three in the morning, but yeah, it's interesting. So anyway, okay. So we're back on our hike. So Jess, we get to the first string of, we get up to Cold Chuck Lake, which is our first lake. It's beautiful. I mean, just stunning, right? Right. So beautiful. Yeah. So when we got to Cold Chuck Lake, I, that is about where I think we decided let's have our amazing sandwich we froze the night before. So we could have like the, like our best energy going into it. And we were sitting there and you could see across where Asgard Pass was. So you had to kind of, we were watching and you had to get over kind of a boulder pile to get over to the main, to Asgard Pass and the steep ascent. And they were, you we were like, wait a minute, they're just little ants. Like you could see the people, but not really. Like it was just tiny ants climbing up. So I think we were just excited. We were nervous. We were like, what's this going to be? But we were eating our salami and cheese bagels. And Tim, you were eating peanut butter, I think. But it was, <laughs> we were we were gearing up and having our probably our best meal to head into that two hours. And, and at which I said, is it really going to take us two hours? But I remember definitely looking at my watch and it was 9 a.m., by the time when we started Asgard Pass, it was nine and it was 11 when we peaked. It was 11. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so talk, Joe, a little bit about getting over to Asgard because that was our first real bit, first um, experience with these boulders, which were the size of like, I, don't, I keep saying like semi trucks, they weren't really that big, but they felt that big, right? Like a VW oh gosh, Beetle yes. maybe, right? Yeah. And Jess is totally right. We, when we were sitting there looking out, I mean, they looked, the boulders looked big, but when you realize that the people look like little ants, you know, going across yeah. them, you realize just how huge these were going to be. Yeah. We put our poles away because there was no way we could navigate that initial stretch with using our hiking poles. So it was literally 
we always used to say to our kids, use the three point rule when you're climbing on rocks and, you know, have a hand touching. But this was in some cases like a four point rule, maybe the five point rule if you need to use your butt. But it was, I mean, it was, there were definitely some, some spots where it was like the, the boulders, there were definite gaps in between where you had to make sure your foot didn't slip in. Um, there were some young people, you know, skipping by us, but we were, <laughs> we were plodding along. That was probably, um, mentally the hardest part, just that initial stretch. Cause you're, I had to get into the mindset of, okay, this is what it's going to be like now for the next hour and a half, two hours. Um, those boulders aren't going anywhere. So I think just kind of transitioning from our nice hike in the woods, ascending gradually to this, you know, scamper up over the rocks. It was a definite mind switch for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, so, and Holly, how, how, so Asgard Pass definitely was uh, probably the, the biggest, most, the biggest challenge. And you are an athlete in your own right. I mean, let's, let's be clear. It's not like you're like, you know, tagging along and not having trained and not having, you've run marathons, haven't you? Uh, half marathons. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, I, right. I've never taken on a full dim. <laughs> okay. Well, you could after this for sure. I believe in you. Um, but, but the thing about it is, is I always turned around and you were like right there. I'm like, Holly, what's the problem? Like, why are you doubting yourself? You know, I was not going to be left behind him. I was like, heck no, I am going to be right here, right with her. I will say, you know, to attest to that two hours that we've been talking about, I was so focused the whole time. And maybe that's why I wasn't even realizing how close I was to you, Dim. I wasn't giving you that personal space because I was oh, so no, focused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that those two hours honestly flew by. I mean, yes, I was tired, no doubt. Yeah, and it was yeah. physically tiring. But because I was concentrating on where my next foot was going to be or where I'm going to grab next, those two hours, we got to the top and I was like, wow, that was two hours. I mean, my body kind of felt like it was two hours, but my head, I was like, that was fast. So yeah, back to yeah. your question. I was going to keep up with everybody because I was not going to like somehow get lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get lost on this big walk wall. That, yeah. 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 Well, and, and how did you feel on it, Jess? I felt it was exciting. Like I, I, I just remember looking ahead, like I think a couple of times we all kind of shimmy different positions. Sometimes one of us was ahead of the others and just looking back and appreciating. I mean, I, I know I've said this in other podcasts, but you know, my mom once said, you know, be someone whom nothing is lost. And I do remember just taking a few moments of just looking around at that beautiful lake below us and what seemed a little bit like the never ending climb ahead of us, but just saying, look what our bodies are doing. Like, and I will say that also, like I'm pointing proudly out of my age and our ages because there weren't a lot of people doing that hike that looked a lot older than us. It was a, it was a more of a young person's game that day. It seemed like, I mean, I felt as strong as anybody on that mountain, but it was, it was exciting. And at one point, by the way, I got separated from you guys and I was on the other (laughs) side of that little stream. And then all of a sudden a a couple little boulders came like flying, not like, I don't want to say boulders, but rocks. And then I was like, yep, I want to be on the other side. I want to be with my pals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be over here. I was, I was following was it Paul? I don't know. Remember, we kept running into the same people. Oh, oh guy yeah. from Peter? Stan. Peter, maybe uh, it was Peter. Peter. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah. Dan, or Jess, can I just say that when I tell the story about you being across that creek, it was an avalanche happening yeah. on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> I mean, there was a rock slide, right? We did hear someone yell rock and look. we looked over and it was, I mean, it was a little ways away, but there were some definite boulders sliding down and saying, you know, dirt kicking up and 
Yeah, you yeah. scampered pretty yeah. quickly over the river back to her side. <laughs> well, and, and I would just kind of pile on to that. I mean, yeah. while we were climbing up and turning around and looking back at that lake and realizing how far we've come, I mean, it was just the best feeling to know that we've come that far. Physically, we were totally prepared to do it. I mean, looking up and seeing how much further we had to go didn't. I mean, it was kind of tempered by the fact that we could look back and be like, wow, look at that lake and look how far we've already come. I mean, it was just the best feeling. That's the thing. Yeah, you can gauge your progress. And it's and yep. every time you turn around, you're like, oh, but I'm higher, you know, and, yeah. and yep. it's not like it was hard, like it wasn't aerobic. It was just like, you know, hard, um, yeah. like physically, like yep. more strength at times. I mean, it's not like you're going to fall off the ledge. It's not that kind of climbing. Like they did have those kind of boulders, but those were yep. kind of more by the lakes. But it was just it was just one foot in front of the other. It was yep. really the grade that made it really hard to like, you know, uh, made it challenging. Um, and, and the, and the, the scree, I mean, there were times, I mean, that's the other thing, Holly, like when I turned around, I'm like, Oh, don't get too close to me. Like I am setting off like mini avalanches <laughs> left and right here with my big fat feet, you know? So uh, yeah, we're going to take a break to hear from the brands that support our podcast. So please support them in return. And stay tuned. We'll continue our climb up Asgard Pass when we return. I will go back for one second to Jess's comment about um, us being in our 50s and being out there. There were, I mean, I would say we saw maybe, I mean, less than five people, maybe, maybe less than 10 that seemed like they were in a quote unquote, our age group, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we ran into, as we were starting up, probably we were probably a third of the way up Asgard Pass Lane, who is Molly, Molly, the co-host's daughter, and her boyfriend, Kevin, were doing it. We knew that they were out there doing it today, uh, that day as well. We had connected with them a little bit over on Instagram. And uh, they were, I mean, so they had started an hour later than us, <laughs> and they were definitely scampering faster than <laughs> us, which is fine. We took our time. We, ha- I mean, that was our plan the whole time is to enjoy it, be safe and, you know, and, and, you know, not rush. We couldn't have rushed up Asgard. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but it was cool. Like I was very proud of us when I looked around, I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at, look again, like, look at what our bodies can do because we prepared correctly and we were ready for it, um, which was super cool. Okay. So we get up to the top and that is the core, the enchantments core. There's an upper and a lower. So Joe, you want to talk a little bit about what we saw and just how otherworldly it felt at times. Yeah. It was like another planet almost that first lake. And I don't know the name of it, but that first lake that we came across when we ascended Asgard was just the color of the water was, I I can't describe it. It was this greenish blue. Uh, It was the perfect photo op. We jumped on top of a flat rock and there were people there that could take your picture. I mean, it was just breathtaking. And the whole enchantment core was like that. Every lake was a different color. I mean, it was just the landscape. There was snow, there was, you know, rocks that had been smoothed by glaciers. I mean, it was just, uh, it was just amazing. It was like being in another world. Um, Every lake kind of took your breath away. I mean, it was just beautiful. There's nothing like, I've never seen anything like it before. And that's what they read in the blog post is that you'll never see anything like that again. So you kind of want to linger in the core and enjoy it. And yeah, we definitely did. For sure. Would you add anything, Jess or Holly? You know, I would say I think that there was a, there was joy for all of us because not only had we just had this major accomplishment of getting up, but again, yes, it's like okay, 
this is so incredibly beautiful and we're here and I love where Joe said we jumped on that rock. That's probably one of my favorite pictures that we mm-hmm. have of all of us just like because we look so happy and we're like, <laughs> we did it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would echo the same thing. It was it was some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I mean, it, it almost seemed otherworldly. I remember us commenting on that, like, we're just not even on this planet. Like, how can this be here? But just the most stunning lakes and everything. Yeah. Agreed. Well, yeah. So some of the lakes are just so perfectly named. Like there's Isolation Lake, there's Perfection Lake, there's Mm. Crystal Lake. I mean, it's just like, and they all are just, you know, they're just beautiful. And we stopped at a couple and we went, do we all go swimming at one of them? We definitely waited in in toward the end, one of them, yeah, because we have some great pictures of of our time in there. (laughs) Yeah, one one group of people uh, like commuted across a lake. Yeah, shortcut was pretty funny. Yeah, shortcut. Um, And uh, yeah, but we we spend our time. We you know we would stop. We would take pictures. We would you know put our feet in if we needed to. Definitely ate a lot. I mean, talk a Mm. little bit, Jess, about our food. You brought up the salami and cheese sandwiches, which, you know, we were, you guys had planned and you knew, do you guys each have two of those? We, yeah. did we? We each had one. I think then we, we had to break out the extra one and share it at the end when we needed a little extra energy for the, oh, okay. the long hike home. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we, the nice thing about having some other epic hikes behind us is we've started, we've learned, you know, what kind of works and what gets, what's hard. I mean, on a hike that's, we were out there 15 hours. We hiked, I I believe 13 hours and two hours was swim, you know, swimming or resting or taking pictures and enjoying where we were. There's no getting around that when you're hiking that long. I mean, you're eating, you know, awesome sauce and you're eating granola bars and you're eating, you're eating stuff that, is just there to kind of make sure you can get through the day and c- continually drinking and your your water and reminding each other that it's time to eat now, it's time to drink, even though at certain points you do not feel like eating anymore. But yeah. we, I think, do a good job as just partners in crime with these epic hikes and days where we're, we're, we are reminding each other. I will say the salami sandwich and the apple. I feel like that yes. was our luxury items. Like we yes. brought an apple. I, 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 I got mine out way earlier than you guys. I did it after we summited As- Asgard, Asgard Pass. And then you guys waited to a lake further on. But that was so yummy. <laughs> that was the best apple I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Well worth it. I got, I got us like those four, like uh, four, like really big honey crisp ones, you know, that kind of weigh like over a pound each. Well, well worth it to have in our pack. Okay. So, so yeah, we get up and we're like, okay, now we just have to go down. And to me, in my head, I had it like, okay, this nice little like meandering trail that, you know, kind of sw- not switchbacks for however miles we had left, but I didn't think that it was going to be what it was, which is, Joe, you want to kind of tell us what our downhill was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was more boulders. Um, so I think that became a, a running joke was, oh my God, no more boulders, please. There were more boulders. There was still some ascent, an occasional uphill. There were uh, <laughs> some roots, rocks. I mean, it covered everything. I We did yeah. read in some of the blogs that it wasn't, that people had said, well, it's not a, I mean, it's not a pretty hike on the way down. I would totally disagree with that. It was still beautiful. But it was a lot of boulders, a lot of, there were some switchbacks and it's just mentally just hard because you've just come from this incredibly beautiful place and now you're 
you know, in the woods, you're climbing over more rocks. There were some that we had to go down. Then we look back at the photos that were like, well, that really wasn't that big of a step down that we would kind of go on our butt and jump. But at the time, it just, our legs were tired. So at the time, it just felt like, oh, this is, you know, I just can't do this anymore. And it, yeah, I can't remember what our average pace was toward the end there, but it was... It was about one and a half miles. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, cause here's the thing, like in, in the pictures, let's be fair. Like it's the same thing when you're like out doing hill repeats and you're like, I'm going to take this picture yeah. and show how hard it was, you know, and the, the hills just do not like grade does not show up well, yeah. at least yeah. yet. I'm sure that they'll probably have some phone app soon that, you know, brings the hills to life 3d or whatever. But um, but that's the thing. It's like, we wanted to show like how hard it was. And you were like, you know, and we were, you guys were texting pictures and stuff after like, what is like, this, this, this was like, we were like out on the playground and it's like, no, we are not. It was really, really hard. And that's the thing is we are uh, constantly on our, you know, all fours or climbing up or getting down, you know? And so it wasn't, there, there wasn't a whole, there, there wasn't an opportunity to, you know, really get in any kind of rhythm, right? You know, and then we did hear from others that we bumped into that. Oh, this is the hard part. This is where it really gets hard. This is the you know seven mile stretch that never ends, and and so you have to keep that out of your mind too, because it. I mean, it is just as be- it's not just as beautiful as those alpine lakes, but it's still gorgeous. And here we are Agreed. in the Central Cascades, and we're doing this, and it's still an amazing experience. It's just, it's just part of the whole hike. So I just had to tell myself, okay, just it's one foot in front of the other. It's just you know, it's just part of the hike. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it, the end part or the going down was less of a, I mean, physical, although it's still hard work. It was more a mental thing for me by then. Cause when we get yeah. to the boulders again, I'd be like, Oh, or when we hit the rocks with the rebar to, you know, keep you from doing whatever. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that for me, it became more mental than physical. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just um, the only, the only quote unquote issue we had all day and it really wasn't, but Jess, you had a little tumble that was a little jolting, I think for you mentally. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I want to just preface it by saying it was not a dangerous fall. I mean, falling on Asgard Pass would have been bad. So this wasn't, but we had just actually had that you swam in the Alp. I don't remember which Alpine Lake, but you three had your apples. We kind of filtered water because we needed to get some fresh water. We were filtering and had a nice break. I think I was tight. I mean, I was, I think we were, I mean, I'm trying to think 10 hours Oh, we were tired. Yeah, we were in there for a while. Yeah, we. I mean, it was. I I was tired, and we started. So it was just like all of a sudden you had to go. There was an alpine lake, and then there was what looked to me like volcanic rock because they were black rocks, and and then you had to get over that, which wasn't difficult to get to the trail. But we were like, let's hike near the lake for a while because it's so beautiful. And I just had a moment where I just didn't pay attention, and I fell. And it's just jarring to fall. I mean, it's, you're tired already. And so luckily I didn't twist an ankle. I didn't hit my head. My leg was so bruised up from that fall, though. I couldn't wear a dress to work for like a full week because people (laughs) were stopping me and going, what did you do? But that was for sure. That was probably my hardest point. It's really, and then of course you guys are lovely friends and you want to help and hug and what's and and it's you sort of just want to be like let's just keep going (laughs) (laughs) you know holding back the tears and you know I had to let them out I had a good cry just because I was tired and it was jarring and but again I just knew I had to dust myself off and and I will also say like we all drink the Lisa Hain Kool-Aid here the three of us who live in St. Paul but I 
100% believe that because I'm as strong as I am and I keep up my strength training, that I can, I fell like that and didn't get hurt badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do, I tr- attribute some of it to that, but that I had to really dig deep to get up and you guys started playing a word game and you're like, Jess, it's your turn. Do you want to pass? And I was like, I'm want to pass still. <laughs> like, I was, and then I got, I, then I dusted off and I was, I was back, I was back rallying, but that yeah. was certainly yeah. a hard point Yeah, for me. Holly, is there a hard point that you think about that you had? Um, well, of course, when you see your friend go down, that was scary for all of us, I think. But I think my hardest part was when we'd come up to that, that last boulder patch and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that that was probably the hardest mentally for me right there. But then once we got past that and we did have like a little bit more of a clearing heading out and we were really cooking. I was like, oh, we're going to do this, <laughs> you know. So then yeah. I think it picked up pretty quick once we got past that last patch yeah. of boulders. <laughs> yeah. And Joe, you you let us out. You were like, oh, we're, get, we're getting this done. Um, I will say it was good that it kind of took us longer because we there wasn't a ton of shade on that last little bit of switchbacks. We were among the trees, but it didn't seem super shady. And we were glad that it was cooler. I mean, it was, you know, 745 at night instead mm. of, say, 345 or 245. Yeah, for right? sure. And Lane did confirm that when we connected with them after the hike that because they finished at about five o'clock, I think. And they said the hardest part was coming out in that sun uh, with the bright sun on yeah. them. And so fortunately, one advantage of taking our time was, like you said, it was, you know, we were not in the in the hot sun on the way out, which that really would have made it so much harder because mentally already it was it was tough. But if we had the sun beating down on us, man, that would have been, that would have been really rough. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your mentality at that point? I mean, I know you said it was pretty, mm-hmm. you know, and you were glad to, you know, you, we, I think we definitely all appreciate it because we are not from the Pacific Northwest. I think it was pretty typical Pacific Northwest hiking. And that's maybe why people are like, well, it wasn't, you know, turquoise mm-hmm. lakes, but what was your mentality besides looking around and, and being glad that we were there? Oh boy. For that end stretch there. Yeah. I was proud of us that we fin- that we were in the home stretch for sure. And I was just trying to view it as, okay, just one foot in front of the other, Joe, one foot in front of the other. When we, when we stopped uh, to do a little time check and we, it was interesting because we were jockey back and forth with the same, you know, a couple of the same people. And you could tell Dimity was trying to engage them in conversations and find out what they're going to have for dinner that night. <laughs> Try to keep things. That was my question. That <laughs> Try was my to keep question things going everybody. with them. But then as we got closer to the end, people were just like, you know, we just want to get to the end. We just want to get to our car. And when you did the time check and let us know what our mile pace was, I did the math in my head and thought, you know, you said, we're not going to be out of here till nine. And in my head, I just thought there's, there's no way we're going to be here till 9 p.m. There's just no way. And, you know, our families are back, back home two hours, you know, ahead of us in time. And I just thought my husband can't go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, and not know that we made it out of here. So I'm like, we are going to book yeah. it. Yeah. So I just put my head down and thought we just, we got to get out of here. Like I'm done. I'm done hiking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved every minute of it. I felt totally prepared, but we got it. We're done. Like, I just want to go home now. We got to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So Holly, what advice would you have for somebody taking this on or taking on? I mean, because yeah, you, so you are a half marathoner. Like I said, you are an athlete, you're very capable, but 
maybe this isn't something that you thought was in your comfort zone. So what advice would you have? I would definitely say that, Dim. Training, physically training with strength and cardio is really important. For me, where I probably lacked was that confidence and that mental training. <laughs> so, you know, for mm-hmm. a next adventure, but I will say what I what has helped though is, you know, the whole time I was doing it, I was like, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And, you know, talking myself through that. And now I have a point of reference. So for our next adventure, I'll be like, you know what? I did the enchantments. I can do hard things. (laughs) Um, But I think for sure, for me, just advice for people is definitely that strength and that cardio training is really important, but also know that it's a head game, but it can, it, it, it gets done and you can totally do it. Agreed. Agreed. Jess, would you add anything to that? Especially if someone who wants to go do the enchantments. Um, after our hike and we were all kind of going, Jim, you had to leave for the airport sooner than us, but you were reading the Seattle times and you read an article in the Seattle times that had just come out and it was about the enchantments and the disenchantment of it. And I'd say, I'm glad I didn't know and hadn't read that article beforehand, but it was all about the fact that, you know, the enchantments should be, you know, started out as being a, you know, a backpacking, you should enjoy them and take a few days and apply for your permit. So the permit allows you to camp there overnight. And the last decade for sure has been, I mean, I think they had 40,000 people going after 2,500 permits for this year. So most people aren't getting in. And so it leads to more and more people doing what we did as a day hike. But the article had just talked a lot about the ecosystem and how it's so fragile and that, you know, really what they should be doing is also limiting the amount of day hikers that can do it because it's just to preserve this beautiful area. And so, I mean, so we read that article and it was really interesting. And I will say that I ran into someone whose daughter was camping the same time we were there. And she remarked that their campsite, you know, was right by an Alpine Lake and, and the trail, because that because they are, and yeah. at eight o'clock at night, they had tons of people coming through, and they still had four hours probably left to hike out. You know, so there wow. is this element of of not being able to sort of sometimes maybe enjoy it if they're you're there camping overnight because of this this popularity from Instagram and all the stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so that's out there, and so I think it doesn't mean I would encourage people to do this hike, but I think it would be smart to limit the amount of day hikers that can be in that area every day, you know, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple more things about that article. Like, yeah, like you said, you have to, to, to go in a a day hike. You do not need a Well, you need a permit, but the permit is free. You just fill it out. You get it at the box at the trailhead. It's free to camp. You need to get a permit and it's harder than getting a permit at Mount Whitney or the Grand Canyon. So it's super, super popular. And then, the, this article mentioned that because of social media, of course, and then the outdoor recreation surging during the pandemic, and then Western Washington has had a population growth, that all those things kind of combine. And they said um, there's been day use of the enchantments has spiked 164% over the last decade, and now accounts for over 70% of visitors. So you know, there were a lot of people. I mean, I will say at the very beginning, especially because the first hike or the first part, you go up to Lake Coldchuck, you can go up there and then come back down. Um, and I think uh, quite a few people opted to do that instead of go through the full day hike, the full, you know, point to point hike like we did. 
but I was like, oh my gosh, like I was feeling very overwhelmed. I was like, oh, kind of like, oh, the humanity, <laughs> you know, just because I was like, in my idea, I mean, I, I did all my training by myself. Right. And so I'm used to being outdoors and I pick routes, you know, that I see maybe a couple people, but nothing like the, the amount of people we saw. And, um, it was yeah. pretty overwhelming. I got to say, we were also there on a Saturday too, a Saturday yeah. morning. So that's the other thing. It, I would say it definitely felt like a, a race at yeah. the beginning in terms of the amount of people that were there. And then sort of once you got kind of past that, I didn't feel that as much later in the day, but at, for sure at the beginning, people are jockeying and want to get their runners. And so they're, you know, we're hiking and they're running and you got to let them through. Definitely felt more like a race until you got kind of through the beginning part. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking it would be interesting to see if they institute some sort of lottery to get up Asgard Pass and into the core enchantments, similar to how they do the mm -hmm. Half Dome cables. You can hike all you want up to Kolchuk, but yeah, there was just so many people streaming by us when we were eating our salami sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, all these people are getting ahead of us. You know, you go. Well, and, and not to judge because everyone deserves to be in the outdoors, but there were definitely, I mean, we talked to one person who was from Texas yeah. and that was her first yeah. hike on Asgard Pass, you know? And I was like, oh, wow. You know, she was with a group of people. My gut is that they turned around yeah. and went back is my feeling um, because, you know, they definitely weren't very far up and she seemed like she was kind of spent already, yeah. but it's definitely, you know, it, this is not a hike to be taken lightly. So, and, and if you do want to go, I mean, we don't want to um, deter you or say, don't go, but I would definitely try to plan for a weekday. I think that would be better than a weekend. Yeah, too. for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Joe, you are um, our Julie McCoy. You lead us everywhere. Any, any last words that you would have for anybody wanting to do oh, this? Oh, train, 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 uh, find a great, group of women to do that, do it with. Um, I mean, I would say that's what makes all these adventures possible is Dimity, you set us up so well with our training and our treadmill workouts and our hill repeats and the company along the way. Just, I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. You can really do anything if you're surrounded by the right people and are prepared. That's what I'd say. Oh, I love it. I love it. A little PS on that. I am finally putting together the hiking program, the epic hike, we're calling it. It's going to be ready on September 1st. So if you want to do this or you want to do a 14er or you want to do Yosemite, that will be um, available next to our Grand Canyon program. So just letting you know, I know that it's been a long time coming because it's just one of those things that keeps getting pushed my, down to the end of my to-do list. But I'm finally, uh, I'm, I'm getting over Asgard Pass. <laughs> so... Awesome. Well, thanks, ladies. It was really great to talk to you and uh, and share your experience. And I can't I can't wait to see what next. Oh, see I can't next. wait. <laughs> thanks for having thank us. You. This was fun. Yes, very fun. Awesome. Bye. -bye. In addition to that hiking program. I wanted to tell you about Fall Into Fitness, which is our new fall program. It just opened for registration yesterday. So go check it out on our website. It focuses on all three parts of fitness, cardiovascular endurance, muscular strength and joint mobility. In fact, every workout in the six-week program integrates mobility, strength, and cardio. It also offers three levels of workouts. So whether you're falling back into fitness after months away, or you're ready to fall deeper into your well-carved routine, this is your program. The program runs from September 11th to October 22nd. And in, after those six weeks, your body will feel stronger, fitter, more fluid and connected, and you'll be primed for any adventure you happen to fall into, like the enchantments. 
And then finally, I wanted to give you a heads up about our next Tuesday podcast. We're starting our series called The Final Finish Line. It's a four-part series about the times that you can maybe no longer run. We're bringing on a variety of guests, including women in various stages of dealing with that journey, sports medicine doctor, a sports psychologist. Just so you know, they're not going to be doom and gloom podcasts, despite the somewhat dramatic series name. Instead, they're going to be honest, helpful, insightful conversations about what happens when your body might not be able to do the thing you love to do anymore. Our podcast today was produced by Barry Medore of Fire on the Bluff in St. Paul, Minnesota. Minnesota.